Hey, I'm Brandon, the online campus pastor here at Big Valley Grace, and thank you for taking a moment to watch this message. It is the teaching portion from one of our live weekend worship gatherings, and we have those every single weekend here online and in person, and I just want to extend an invitation to you to join us. We're just a local church, local body of believers, and we would love if you would join us uh, on a weekend upcoming here sometime soon. Uh, but as we get headed into this message together, a couple things just want to point you to. One is a connect card. If there's any way that, that we can pray for you, if you want to contact us, that connect card form is just a really great way uh, to let us know that you're joining us. Any next steps you want to take, stuff like that is right on there. Also, if you want to bring in offering, uh, worshipful gift uh, to King Jesus, you can do that right on our give page on our website or via text. So hope you enjoy the unpacking, the unfolding of the word as we look at it together. Well, good morning. Again, I want to welcome you to Big Valley Grace Community Church. Welcome to everyone who's here on the Modesto campus. And welcome to everybody who's joining us live right now in the online campus. We're really excited to be together. If it's your first time here, we want you to know we're really glad that you're here. And we hope that today, when you leave today, that you would be filled with hope. And we're so excited to have you here as our guests today. Welcome. We're really glad to be together. We're going to be looking in Luke chapter 1 today. If you don't have a Bible, we'd actually love to give you one at the end of the gathering. All you need to do is to come on the Modesto campus here to these, this room over here called the altar room. It's just a room we pray for people in. And we have a gift. We'd love to give you a Bible. We'd love every person to have their own copy of the Bible. But if you don't have a Bible with you right now, don't worry because all the verses are gonna be on the screen. And so you're gonna be able to follow along uh, on the screen. We're gonna be in Luke chapter one. We'll be looking at verses one, uh, or excuse me, 26 through 38. But I wanna share with you very boldly and very clearly my goal today. And it is to call you to hope in Jesus to call you to place your hope in Jesus Christ. And it may be for you that today would be the first time that you would ever place your hope in Jesus. And we wanna celebrate that together. It might be that today you need to be renewed in your hope. And we are here and this is a safe place to do that. And I'm excited to boldly call you to hope in Jesus Christ. Let's look at this verse together. Before we get into Luke chapter one, there's a verse I wanna look at uh, out of Ephesians, and it describes the state that a person might find themselves in, and it is this, having no hope and without God in the world. That is a very desperate state. That's a very desperate state of being, that someone would find themselves in that situation, that they would be having no hope and without God in the world. Let's unpack this thought backwards. This phrase here, in the world, that actually applies to all of us. We're all in the world. And because we're all in the world, we're all dealing with the same kinds of issues. The in the world is full of struggle. It's full of difficulty. It is full of hardship. It is full of pain. It is full of trial. And you might be experiencing some of that right now. You might be a parent who's going through something very difficult with your child. You might be a business owner who's going through something very difficult right now through your business. You might be an employee 
who's going through something very difficult right now in your work environment. You may have been a part of a career that you loved, but because of the circumstances of late, your love for your career has really waned, and it's wearing on you. You may have somebody that you love dearly who has been very, very sick. You might have been very, very sick. You may have lost somebody to death that you love very dearly. And you may be in grief right now. You may be experiencing a struggle in relationship. And if any of that sounds like something you've been going through, you're normal. Because we're all in the world. And this world is full of difficulty. And we all experience similar types of difficulty together. But what this verse describes, there's two types of people, and this, this verse describes one of those type of people who experience in the world. And that is the person who is without God. And the result of being in the world with all of its pain and all of its struggles and being without God, the result of it is how the verse starts, and that is having no hope. Having no hope is the end result of being in the difficulties of this world without God. And we want to call you to not live like that, but that you would have hope in Jesus Christ. In fact, there is struggle in the story of Christmas, the historical account of the coming of Jesus Christ to planet Earth. There is struggle all throughout the story of Christmas. Let's dig into our passage and let's bring to the surface some of the struggle that's in this text. In verse 26 of Luke chapter one, it says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. An angel is a heavenly being, and the job of an angel is a messenger. So let's think in our modern day context, the Amazon truck drives up. <laughs> it's the job of the angel to deliver. That's the job of the angel, is to deliver. And God sends this angel, whose name is Gabriel, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Nazareth was a nowhere place. It was insignificant. No one was saying, I'm going to make vacation plans. We're going to Nazareth. People would not have thought of it in that light at all. They would have probably thought of it in the opposite way. How can we avoid that place called Nazareth. This angel was sent in verse 27 to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. When it uses the term virgin here, it is meaning it literally. She was a young woman who had not been with a man. She was a virgin. The word betrothed there is not a word we use, but it means engaged. But in this culture, engagement looked a lot different than engagement in our culture. It was way more serious. And she was engaged to this man named Joseph. And it tells us that Joseph was of the house of David. Now, in the other Gospels, we also know that Mary was also a part of the house of David. And what did that mean? Well, David was Israel's greatest king. And it's communicating that they are part of 
the family line of Israel's greatest king. These two young people from a nowhere town are from the royal line of the family of David. In the next verse, this angel comes to her, Mary, the virgin, and says, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. I can only imagine as she's hearing this and as she's seeing an angel right in front of her and how freaked out she must be in this moment to have a heavenly being saying greetings and let alone, O favored one, why? Why was she a favored one? The Lord is with you, how? How was the Lord with her? She may be full of unanswered questions in this moment. But God was showing up in her life. And even in spite of her unanswered questions, she was favored and God was with her. And you might have a bunch of unanswered questions right now going on in your life. And even in the midst of your unanswered questions, God wants to favor you and he wants to be with you. The next verse, it says, pretty normal in verse 29, but she was greatly troubled. Yeah, I guess she would be. She was greatly troubled at the saying and she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. The fact that she is greatly troubled in this moment means she's super normal because an angel is standing in front of her talking to her about what God thinks about her. I've never had that happen to me. I imagine I would be greatly troubled. There's trouble in Nazareth. There's trouble with this young woman. She is experiencing struggle in this moment right now. She's trying to discern. She's trying to process what is going on. And God might be showing up in your life right now in a way, and you're experiencing trouble even when God has shown up. And you're trying to process and you're trying to discern what is God doing and you have a bunch of unanswered questions. And you're maybe right in the middle of a process like that. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Anytime in the Bible it says God told somebody to not be afraid, it's because they were afraid. God doesn't have to tell us to not be afraid if we're not afraid. It's when we're afraid that God says, do not be afraid. And she is terrified. And God is saying, do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And that sentence, you have found favor with God, is not because Mary is something special. It's because God is something special. And God has found her. And in God finding her, she has found favor with him. Because the favor is brought with God, not with Mary. God brings his favor to her. Wow, what a moment. In verse 31, the bomb drops. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Wow, this is a very, very specific prophecy about what is going to happen to this young woman. I was with a family this week, they're 10 weeks pregnant and they still don't know what the baby is, a boy or a girl. They gotta wait two more weeks to find out. She's not even conceived yet, she already knows it's gonna be a son and she's supposed to name him Jesus. <laughs> what a thing for a young woman to hear. 
Verse 32, he will be great, this son. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord will give to him the throne of his father, David. The son of the most high is referring to God, the creator of the entire universe. This baby that you are gonna conceive is going to be the son of the creator of the universe. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Remember, these two kids from Nazareth, they're a part of the family line of the King David. And the promise that God made to David was that he would have a son reign on the throne forever. And this angel is telling this little girl, this young woman, you are gonna have that son. And that son is going to be the reigning king. And he will reign forever. Wow. This is the fulfillment of a promise that God made to David. In verse 33, he will reign over the house of Jacob. Jacob is Israel. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. It's going to be endless. Incredible. It is incredible. The eternal king, a forever kingdom. Now, after hearing all of this, which is a lot to hear, we have Mary's response in verse 34. It says, Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? She just hears all of these facts. So many facts, so many big facts, so many big things she was just told. And what is surprising is she doesn't acknowledge any of those except this one thing. How's this gonna work? <laughs> how will this be since I am a virgin? Like, let's get real practical here. How's this gonna work? That is amazing. I mean, consider what she was just told. Verse 35, the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. This is going to be a work of the Holy Spirit of God. This is going to be a work of Creator God, Creator of the universe, God Almighty, the Most High is going to impact your life. And when the Most High impacts your life, a child is going to be born and that child is going to be called Holy, the Son of God. This is a work of God. Wow. Mind-blowing. Now, what's really interesting is right after this, the angel shares something to say, I'm gonna prove it to you. Now the angel doesn't say, I'm going to prove it to you, but what the angel does is prove what the angel just communicated is about to happen, and this is how the angel does it. The angel says this, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age, we will not tell Elizabeth she's being talked about like that. Your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Let me prove to you that what I'm telling you is going to happen. Your relative Elizabeth, who is way beyond childbearing age, she is in her sixth month. She was called barren. She is with child right now. I am proving to you that what I'm telling you is gonna happen. Why? For nothing will be impossible with God. It is possible. What I have told you is possible. It can happen because nothing will be impossible with God, Whew. wow. Now, 
to help bring this historical account to life, our team has created a short film to illustrate it, to help engage our senses in the historical story that we just read. So let's enjoy this short film together. Abigail, it was awful. I don't know what I was expecting. I thought they would know. I guess... I thought they would help me understand. Know what to do next. That's not what happens, I take it? My father's face turned to ash. I actually thought he might faint. Then his jaw just kind of hardened like stone. And your mother? Just sat there, quietly cried. What are you gonna do? I need to talk with Elizabeth. The messenger said that she is with child. Maybe she had the same kind of visit. Vision of an angel? Yes. Maybe she can help me understand what's happening. What about your parents? might be good for them to have me away for a while. I worry about your safety. said, the Lord is with you. But I feel alone. He said, don't be frightened. And I have never been more scared. Mary, have you wondered if maybe you... What if what you saw was just... Just what? A dream? Abigail, not you too! Mary, I do believe you. I believe that something happened. Just maybe not the way you think. I'd like you to leave. Mary! No! Please! Leave! You've known me since we were little. We've shared secrets. Joys, my parents' reaction? I can understand the shame that they have, but you are my friend. I'm sorry, Mary. 
But the son of the Most High? Poor families from a poor town. I don't know, Abigail. I have asked myself that a thousand times. What about David? Wasn't he lowly? Wasn't he the youngest? The forgotten brother that Jesse didn't even bother to bring to Samuel. I'm afraid for you, Mary. I'm afraid you might be grasping at straws. Since telling you, since telling my parents, I have faced nothing but doubt from the people that have known me my entire life. The people who raised me to fear the Lord, to long and hope for Messiah. So no, Abigail, I am not grasping at straws. I am grasping for hope. struggles there is real hope available even in the middle of the pain and the difficulty in the trial and the hardship real hope is available right there right there and we see a glimpse of that hope even in Mary because the last verse of our account it says and Mary said now to the angel behold I am a servant of the Lord let it be according to your word. Let it be to me according to your word. She is recognizing God is my foundation. God is who I'm placing my hope in. The Lord is who I'm placing my hope in. And because I'm placing my hope in the Lord, I'm his servant. So let it be to me according to what you have said. What a declaration of hoping in the Lord, even in the midst of what it describes as greatly troubled and greatly afraid. Behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then it says, the angel departed from her. Now, earlier I shared there's two groups of people. Remember, the first group we looked at at the beginning, and that is having no hope without God in the world. That is one group of people who are in the world, but they're in the world without God, and that leads to having no hope. But let's look at the second group of people who have hope with God in the world. You see, because Jesus provides us with real hope. Jesus, Jesus provides us 
with real hope in two ways. The same Jesus that the angel said to the virgin, you will conceive and bear a son. That same Jesus, who's gonna be the son of the most high, who's gonna reign on the throne of his father, David, that same Jesus provides us with real hope. In Ephesians chapter one, it says this, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that may, you may know what is the hope. In other words, until the eyes of your hearts are enlightened, you may not know what is the hope. That means if you are spiritually blind to Jesus, if you do not see Jesus, you don't have hope. But when God allows you to see Jesus and God opens up the eyes of your heart that you might be enlightened, that you might see Jesus, then you will have hope and not be blind, to be spiritually blind. So Jesus, he provides real hope in two ways. The first way that Jesus provides real hope Way number one is hope now, like immediately, like beginning in this instant. Jesus has called you to live with hope now. There is not any reason that you should live without hope from this point moving forward because Jesus has called you to live with hope now. You do not have to live without hope. You can have the eyes of your heart enlightened so that you can see Jesus as your source of hope. And if your hope right now is based on circumstances, your circumstances can change. And you should not wait for your circumstances to change for you to place your hope in Jesus Christ. In other words, if you would say something like this, if something were to happen to my kids, I'd be hopeless. If something were to happen to my spouse, I'd be hopeless. If something were to happen to my career, I'd be hopeless. If you would ever say a sentence that sounds anything like that, you don't actually have hope. You have an illusion of hope. Your hope is not real. Because if your hope is based on your circumstances, you don't have hope at all. Because real hope is not based on your circumstances. Real hope is based on Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is calling you to live in hope now. True hope is salvation from our sin. That is what true hope is. It is trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and as Savior. The verse in Ephesians, it goes on to say this, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us what is God's power towards us? The power of God towards us is this. God so loved you that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to be born of a virgin named Mary, to live a perfect life, to go and die on the cross. That's when we celebrate Good Friday. It is the day that Jesus dies on the cross for the purpose of paying for your sin and for my sin. That is God's power towards us. How does God flex his power towards you? He flexes his power towards you by loving you and by giving Jesus Christ his son as a gift for you that Jesus Christ might die on the cross for your sin, for my sin. 
What is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us? Who believe? Believing is placing your full trust in Jesus Christ in his work on the cross. Believing is hoping in Jesus Christ that what Jesus Christ accomplished when Jesus Christ had died on the cross, that it was sufficient to pay for your sin. That you might fully trust in Jesus Christ in his work that you would place your faith and your hope and your trust and believe in Jesus Christ that he accomplished the payment of your sin on the cross. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Because not only did Jesus come and was conceived by the Holy Spirit to a virgin and grew up and lived a perfect life and died on the cross to pay for your sins, but that same Jesus was buried, dead buried, in a grave buried, in a tomb buried. And three days later, that same Jesus was raised from the dead. That same Jesus was raised to, do, to new life because God the Father, the Most High, the creator of the universe, raised him from the dead. Amen. That Jesus. And what did God the Father do with him when he raised him from the dead? It says he seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named. In other words, anything you can think of Jesus is above. Anything you can imagine, Jesus is above. He is above everything. Jesus Christ is both God and Jesus Christ is the Savior for our sin. My goal is to boldly call you to place your faith in Jesus Christ in him alone for your salvation. That you would trust in Jesus Christ to be your God and you would trust in Jesus Christ to be your savior from your sin. Way number one is that Jesus provides hope now. Way number two is that Jesus provides hope forever not just now, but moving forward into eternity forever. There is hope in Jesus Christ. And Jesus has prepared an inheritance for you to live with hope forever, moving forward. Because true hope is salvation from sin. True hope is salvation from our sin now. And true hope is salvation from our sin for eternity. That we might be with God in heaven for eternity. True hope is salvation from sin because eternal punishment of sin is hell. And hell is the opposite of hope. And there is hope not only now in Jesus, there is hope forever in Jesus. The passage says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And that word saints means people who believe in Jesus. 
That's what a saint is. It's someone who believes in Jesus. And there is a glorious inheritance. And glory means heaven. There is a heavenly inheritance. God is preparing an inheritance in heaven for those who trust in Jesus Christ. It says not only in this age, not only hope now, but also in the one to come. Hope forever. Hope forever. We need an eternity plan. And if you don't have an eternity plan, you need an eternity plan. And it is a really bad time to wait until you're on your deathbed to figure out your eternity plan. That is a bad idea. We all need an eternity plan, and that eternity plan has a name, and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the plan for eternity. The future is full of hope. The future is full of hope. I understand that in this world comes with a package of difficulty, but the future is full of hope. Listen to this text that describes heaven. This is from Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. In other words, it's gorgeous. And God is so excited for the bride. It's gorgeous. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man and he will dwell with them and they will be his people. In other words, there is a community of hope that will be in heaven. It is a community of hope. God with his people. God with those who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And he will wipe every tear away from their eyes. Are you tired of, ty- uh, are you tired of crying? Because there's coming a moment the tears are not going to be shed anymore. And death shall be no more. Are you tired of going to funerals? Because there's coming a moment there's not going to be funerals anymore. Neither shall there be mourning. Are you tired of grieving without consolation? Or crying endlessly? Or having pain that just won't stop? There's coming a moment there won't be mourning, there won't be crying, and there's not going to be pain anymore. The former things have passed away. What are the former things? The former things are everything that is in this world. There's coming a moment that everything that is the pain package of this world is going to pass away. And he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. I cannot wait for that moment. When that Jesus, born of a virgin who lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my sin and your sin and was buried in a tomb and was raised to new life, resurrected to new, to new life three days later and is seated right now on the throne of heaven when he declares, behold, I am making all things new. I am looking forward to that moment because it is in that moment that the struggle stops because the struggle and the difficulty and the pain, it ends in Jesus Christ when he makes all things new. I am looking forward to that moment. So my question is, are you ready to live full of hope? Because there is no reason for you to live hopeless. Are you ready to live full of hope? This is the title that is given to Jesus Christ in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Christ Jesus, our hope. It is his title. Hope is his title. Hope has a name, 
and that name is Jesus Christ. Jesus is hope. And the question is, in the way that that verse, it says Christ Jesus, our hope. The question is, are you gonna apply Jesus to your life so that you might say that verse this way? Christ Jesus, my hope. Christ Jesus, my hope. And there's two groups of people that I wanna talk to. The first group of, of people is you know that right now, today, is the day that you need to place your hope in Jesus Christ. In fact, you know it, and God knows it. You both know it. That you have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ yet, and today is the day for you to place your faith in Jesus Christ. That you would trust your life, and you would place your life into the hands of Jesus Christ. That baby conceived by the Holy Spirit to a virgin named Mary who lived a perfect life, who died on the cross to pay for your sins, who was buried in a tomb and three days later was resurrected to new life and is sitting right now on the throne of heaven and will one day declare, behold, I am making all things new and you know you need to place your faith in Jesus right now. And God knows you need to place your faith in Jesus right now. And if that is true about you, I boldly declare to you, stand and let me pray for you right now. Be bold and stand up and let us pray for you that you might in this moment right now place your faith in Jesus Christ in him alone. I am not afraid to ask you to stand because God was not afraid to send his son Jesus. Awesome, awesome. Who else? That right now, in this moment, you might say, I need to place my hope in Jesus Christ. Stand up, be bold, and stand. You are in a safe place to stand and declare, I need Jesus. Is there anyone else? Awesome. Well, for those who are standing, I wanna pray for you. God, right here publicly, there are people who are standing and they're saying, I need to place my hope in Jesus Christ. God, is that not incredible? Very publicly right now, they're standing and they're saying, I need Jesus. So God, my, my prayer would be, would you meet them right where they are? Would you meet them in the very place that they're in? And would you escort them every step of the way as they are placing their faith in you? And for those who are standing right now, I would encourage you right now just to tell the Lord, I am hoping in Jesus. Just tell him that. I am hoping in Jesus. I am placing my hope in Jesus. I would encourage you right now to tell the Lord you are hoping in Jesus. You are hoping in Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Father God, Lord, we pray for these who are standing. And God, I ask that you would, you would welcome them into the new life of hope that is found only in Jesus Christ as they are trusting in you for their salvation right now. And God, would you help them every step of the way? Lord, would you pour out your love on them and your grace and your mercy as you are inviting them in 
to the salvation that you so want to give to them. And so, Lord, we say thank you for what you're doing in the lives of those who are standing right now. We say thank you in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's family said, amen. Let's thank God for what he's doing right now. It's awesome. It's awesome. Incredible. Well, there's a second group that I want to I wanna talk to. And the second group is a group you have previously placed your hope in Jesus Christ. But you have gotten off track. And you have gotten distracted. And you've gone wayward or you've gotten discouraged or you've gotten beat up or the difficulty has been so hard you just feel absolutely crushed right now. And you're in a place where though you have trusted in Christ previously, today is the day that God is asking you to renew your hope in Jesus. And if that is you, whether because of your life choices or because of circumstances or because of pain or because of decisions, whatever it is, however you find yourself in that place right now, You've previously trusted in his hope. But man, you know today, you gotta renew your hope in Jesus. I just want you to know this is a safe place. And I would encourage you to stand so your church family can pray for you also right now. Who's here that you need to renew your hope in Jesus? Awesome, awesome. Who else? Awesome, awesome, that's great. Who else? It's a safe place. You're with your church family. There is no shame involved in standing and saying, I need to reaffirm my hope in Jesus. This is the place to do it, and today is the day to do it. Awesome. Who else? Who else might be here, and you need to renew your hope in Jesus? That's great. It's wonderful. Many of you. It's great. Let me pray for you. Father God, Lord, as a family right now, we're just having a family moment, and we got brothers and sisters right now. They're standing all over here. And God, they are publicly right now saying, God, I, I need to have my hope renewed in you. And Lord, would you meet them right where they are? And would you encourage them? And would you strengthen them? And might today be a day for them to have hope renewed in Jesus Christ. To have a fresh start, a new beginning, a new day, reestablishing and reconfirming their faith and their hope and their trust in you, Lord. And so God, as I see every one of them, Lord, I'm asking that you would help them. You'd meet them right where they are and you love them and you would pour out your grace and your mercy on every one of these people who are standing. And if you are standing right now, my encouragement to you would be to tell the Lord, I am hoping in Jesus Christ, to tell him that right now, to tell the Lord, I am hoping in Jesus, to say it to him, don't wait. Say it to him now. Tell him, I am hoping in you, Lord. I am trusting in you. Father God, Lord, thank you for what you're doing right here in our church family. Right now, we are seeing you work right here, right now. Thank you, God. Thank you for what you're doing. And we pray for our brothers and sisters who are standing right we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's family said, amen. Let's appreciate God for what he is doing right here. 
right now. It's incredible. I want to share with you three ways that we would have the opportunity to follow up with you if you were making a decision to place your hope in Jesus today, whether for the first time or to renew it. The first is we have a text number set up, and if you want to text HOPE to 833-577-1604, you can use your phone to simply text HOPE to 833-577-1604, and our team will follow up with you. We built this number specifically with our online campus in mind. And if you're a part of our online campus, we want to encourage you to utilize this, but anyone can use it. Just simply text HOPE to 833-577-1604, and our team will follow up with you. We just want to encourage you in HOPE. Also, if you're on the Modesto campus, there are physical Connect cards. Pastor Bobby shared about those earlier. They're in the seat pocket in front of you. And you could take this card, you could fill it out. On the back of it, the very first box at the top, you could check that. It says, today, I'm receiving Christ as my Lord and Savior. We would love to know that and to be praying for you. The next box says, I'm reaffirming and renewing my relationship with Jesus. And if that's you, we would love to know that. And you can simply fill this card out and you can place it in any one of the black boxes that are next to one of the exits here on the Modesto campus. If you're on our online campus, we have an online connect card as well. And you could utilize that. The whole point of this is we want to follow up with you. We want to encourage you. And we want to walk with you in hope. But the third way, you could text, you could fill out the connect card, but the third way is right after the gathering, we have a team of people who are ready to talk to you. Right through those two doors, we had the idea that after those two doors, on the other side, we'd place two more doors. So that's what we did. We built two doors, and then we built two more doors. And on the other side of those two doors is just a room that we pray for people in. And we have a whole team who's going to be ready to pray for you. And if you're making a decision to place your hope in Jesus today, come with the people you came with. Come together. Come as a group. Come together as a group and let us pray for you. If you came by yourself, come, and you'll find a group there. We want to encourage you, and we want to pray with you. We want to follow up with you. And we want to encourage you as you learn to walk in hope. The last verse I want to share for all of us as we close our time together. In Psalm 71, 14, it says, But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. In other words, from this point forward, hope continually. We're to encourage one another to hope continually, to move forward in hope, and to praise God in hope. In fact, that's how we're gonna end. We're gonna close with the opportunity to stand and to sing together and declare together our hope continually in the Lord and to continue to praise him more and more. So I would encourage you to stand. We're gonna close our gathering singing in hope in Jesus Christ. Father God, Lord, thank you for what you are doing in our church family. Thank you for how you are working right here, right now, and you are calling people to yourself. And Lord, as we sing in this moment, may we sing with a freshness May we sing with hope.
trusting in Jesus Christ and him alone as our Lord and as our Savior. And so, God, we love you. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, who is our hope. And all God's family said, amen.